Canadian singer-songwriter Sid Carter-West releases her debut single, Blue Eyes. Sid Carter-West, wherever you get your music or at SidCarterWest.com. Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. On this edition of Inside Today's Country, we catch up with Allie, who has a new single out called No One Like You and a new album coming in 2020. We talk about her piano skills, her poetry skills, what concert she wants to see in 2020, and she says this about Nashville. What I love about Nashville, too, is that you're just kind of surrounded by inspiring people, and when you surround yourself with those things, you kind of enjoy it a little more, too. All that and more as we go Inside Today's Country with Allie. Next. Well, it's always a pleasure when we uh, get to talk to uh, this young lady, and it is Allie on Inside Today's Country. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. This is exciting. We've never actually uh, officially met before, so I'm going to do the virtual handshake, and how are you? But this is the way of the future, right? This, <laughs> this is how we do it now. That's right. Uh, I noticed how we didn't do a video Skype call because, uh, you know, I'm not wearing makeup yet, so. Me neither, so we're, it's all good. <laughs> well, let's talk about life. First of all, for those who don't know who you are, tell us Allie's story. Where did it all start from? Oh, goodness. Well, um, I'm originally born, full name's Alexandra, also a very long last name. And uh, we, we joke about my parents always named me to be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or something, you know, that, that just sound, has a little more of a bit of a royal sound to it. Um, and no, I ended up in music. Uh, they put me in, I was the oldest of three kids, so they kind of wanted to keep me out of trouble. So they put me in piano lessons from a really young age and that turned into, you know, choir as well and figure skating and dancing. And they just kept me like as busy as, as possible. But, uh, the one thing that really stuck was piano. And Mm -hmm. by the time I was seven, I would, they, they kind of found this uncanny sight reading ability with me. And the the teacher would put any book in front of me and I was kind of able to play it, which was a detriment in some ways because my poor mother would, you know, try and get me to practice. And I would sit at the piano instead, laying on the bench for like two hours crying about how I didn't want to do it instead of actually practicing. But I would come back every week and the teacher would be like, she got so much better, Um, which, of course, my parents probably did not like all too much. Um, (laughs) But but it worked, and that led to me finishing my conservatory when I was 13 mm-hmm. and decided it was time for a new instrument. Mm-hmm. And we kind of always joke when when my parents went to pick up the piano, my mom was the one who wanted to play. Okay. Um, and they got a baby grand piano when I was really young. And, wow. of course, then you have a, a child, and all of a sudden you realize you have no time to actually learn how to play it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why I got put into it. But okay. when they went to go pick up this piano, I was crying because I wanted 
the the violin at that point. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. So we, we kind of always joke about how eventually a string instrument would find its way into my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of decided I wanted to pick up the guitar and just to have something a little more rhythmic that I could start writing on and, you know, just enjoying playing a little more. And I started to teach myself when I was 13. So um, that's kind of the start of things. I started writing. Mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to, you know, try playing piano and singing at the same time i did like all of these things that my parents were like you didn't even know how to do that you just kind of decided that you would right and and made it happen um and with that said i also loved poetry started writing lyrics and turning them into music and that eventually ended up being my first record when i was 18 i went into the studio Mm -hmm. and just kind of wanted to put together all these songs that i'd written on my own so that I could, you know, pitch to get, you know, some co-writes and and things that I'd never done before and just kind of learn more from people and ended up tracking the first single to country radio by myself and mm-hmm. called up stations just saying like, hey, I'm Allie, like you've got a new single in your inbox and we're just like love to hear what you think. And it was just shy of hitting top 50. And with that said, it kind of just started the the whole beginning of things, which is, is crazy to think that after all of that work, that was still like just the beginning. <laughs> right. Let's go back a little bit. Do you remember the first song that you ever played on the piano? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, it probably was something like chopsticks to be completely <laughs> honest. You, you know what I mean? Those, those classic things that just get you on the keys. Um, I had this, um, Russian teacher growing up that, oh, um, wow. like I, I, I would sit outside of the room and cry because I didn't want to go in. Like I, I was quite young and my poor parents were like, she's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But the way that, that she taught was you would play both hands together at once while you were reading the music. Like you weren't just playing one at a time and then learning the other one. So oh, wow. like she gets the brain working right from the beginning and it was difficult, but I, I have her to thank for kind of everything I can do today. <laughs> Did she make you when you, you know, when you're sitting around the keys and your hands had to be in the perfect position and you had to be straight up your back straight and, you know, arms in and all that stuff. I, those are the things that uh, I remember from piano lessons. The, those are all of the things. And you know what? I almost wish that I had probably paid attention to that a little more. Cause I feel like now I, you know, I slouch. My mom's always like your hands, curl your hands. And they're just flat as could be. Um, <laughs> But but yes, th- those are, of course, those main beginning things that will forever be ingrained in your head. <laughs> and what is it with the psyche of, you know, young kids or, you know, like yourself who would lie on the piano bench for a couple hours and, and not want to <laughs> practice? Because I have two kids and neither one of them. Uh, my daughter doesn't play anymore, but she was a trumpet and a French horn player. And then my son, okay. my son uh, played guitar and now he plays uh, he played uh, he plays saxophone. And neither yeah. one of them practice. It was. It's like trying to. It's. <laughs> and the sad thing is, is I totally remember doing the same thing. Oh my! I was a trumpet player, and I I hated yeah. playing. You know. Yeah. I, how? I wish we could figure out how to get kids to practice. <laughs> right. Well, and it's unfortunate. It's like those beginning years where those are the most crucial for you know developing mm-hmm. those beginning skills. And then all of a sudden, you know, I have friends who grew up and and didn't last long in piano as well. But now they're like, I wish I could play. Like I spend so much time and you just don't pick it up the same as you do Mm -hmm. when you're young as well. No. Yeah. No, I've thought about trying to go back into playing some kind of instrument and and, and my age. No, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, you just enjoy listening. to I enjoy I enjoy listening to it. Let's talk a little bit about your poetry. How did uh, where did that all start from? 
I think just school, like once again, to be completely honest, uh, it was probably grade three. I had this wonderful teacher whose name I'm going to blank on right now. That's okay. But she was, um, she was absolutely unbelievable. And, um, you know, I had entered poems into poetry contests and like one of my poems was published in a book when I was, um, that young and just like all of these just different things that were very inspiring. And I think that's one of the things for instance, I love about Nashville too, is that you're just kind of surrounded by inspiring people. And when you surround yourself with those things, you kind of enjoy it a little more too, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, Canada to Nashville, uh, ACMs, uh, you know, CCMAs. You're spanning all of it right now. Thank you. Well, it's it's been fun. It's definitely made uh, things interesting where you, you have friends, you know, a little bit all over the world. My uh, first trip to Nashville was back actually in, oh my goodness, 2009, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, I came through a program actually out of Edmonton. And I shouldn't say I came through because um, it was a local contest back home during our Canadian finals radio time. And my sister actually ended up winning the younger category. Um, I was runner up in the older, but because she won, she got to go to a trip to Nashville to come out to Pigeon Forge and compete in NACMA, which is the North American Country Music Awards International. Mm-hmm. Um, people from all around the world who come out to compete. Um, Kissel was out years before us. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Aaron Goodvin actually was out on a trip too oh, with wow, NACMA. Okay. Like mm-hmm. they, we've kind of all been through the NACMA thing, but that was the first trip to Nashville, and uh, we got to come out and enjoy it. Um, Bill Borgwart, who of course is a famous Canadian photographer for country music. He was one of our tour guides and made a call when we got into town before we drove out to Pigeon Forge and uh, got us backstage at the Opry one night and Little Big Town was playing. And at that point, not a whole lot of people knew them, but they were one of my favorite artists. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, now we're going on over 10 years ago, that would have been that first trip. And mm-hmm. it's so cool to see how country music has grown and how, you know, those were still extremely important things back then and they're still just as important now what's changed in the 10 years in this town i think just all of the buildings that have gone up which is the craziest thing this used to be um a very you know small town feel and nashville still has a small town feel but now it's got all of these high-rise buildings um and it it hasn't changed as much in terms of people but when you look at it it's a lot different now Mm. um i think the cooler thing too at this town is that it's no longer just country music. Um, this town has now kind of brought in some of the greatest people around the world who are in you know, rap music, electronic music. You've got a lot of pop music now being written and produced out here as well. It's just kind of now the home base for people who are really good at what they do and still want to get better. And the and the walls have really broken down in the last ten years. Uh, you know, country used to be kind of in its own area, and now we yeah. cross we cross you know over to pop and rock and and as you say, you know the the big people who are coming down to Nashville to to do all those things, I think, are helping country cross over. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, I always say that I think the country music listeners are some of the luckiest because you can turn on the radio station and hear all these different influences in a, in a very short span of time. And it almost never gets old. You always have something new to listen to. Who's your influence? Ooh, that's really tough. I mean, I grew up with, um, I don't know if you know Yanni. Mm-hmm. He's uh, so, so Yanni was my first concert ever. Oh really? That's kind of what I grew up with. Wow. Yanni. Um, Jesse Cook was a flamenco guitarist out of Canada. 
um, Jan Arden. Like that's the kind of music that was played around the house a mm-hmm. whole lot. Like I did not grow up with a lot of country, um, but my grandparents are from a small town um, just north of Saskatoon, actually. Okay. And we would go back to visit them all the time. And my grandma would religiously only play the AM country station on her stovetop radio. <laughs> and my grandpa would pull that's up the awesome. guitar and play stuff. So that's the thing. Like those between my grandma and grandpa, they were the reason I think that I got into country music mm-hmm. and they just kind of slowly got us into it. Some of my first, the first people I listened to like mainstream would have been, um, Brad Paisley and Sarah Evans and Sugarland were like some of the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved when I started writing, like writing Brad Paisley comedian esque country mm-hmm. music. Like mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's what I loved doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of got me into it. But then, um, I mean, there's there's a bunch of writers in town, too, that it, it's funny going back. I would listen to stuff. I, I had LimeWire. I will say that much. I had an iPod. We all did. For my, my first, <laughs> exactly. I got my first iPod. Actually, it was my um, junior high graduation gift. That was, you know, before wow. I had a cell phone, any of that. And that was the iPod phase. And mm-hmm. I was one of the only kids at that point to have one. You know, I think about all the kids got their other fancy gifts and like I got the gift of music and that was the coolest thing. But I would sit down on LimeWire every single week and I would go through and just download whatever I could find. And um, one of those songs was Laurie McKenna's Stealing Kisses. I had no idea how it ended up um, in the search queue, but it did. Um, And I downloaded it and listened to that song almost every single day. And I will never forget a couple of years ago, CCMAs. Like I didn't even know it was a Faith Hill song at this point. Like Mm. that's how like. I was into country music, but I also wasn't quite aware of everything that was going on. Mm. Um, But I remember walking into a songwriter series and hearing Laurie McKenna's voice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is the woman who wrote Stealing Kisses. And actually, a couple of weeks ago here in Nashville, she ended up playing Whiskey Jam, which is this unbelievable little night they host every Monday and Thursday over at Winners in Midtown. Mm. Um, There's bars called Winners and Losers. Mm. And that's that's the cool thing about Nashville is there's things like that. Um, But Lori McKenna came out and played. And it was the most packed I've ever seen it in my entire life. But that was also a very cool um, just circle moment where um, things just come around and they always do. And that's the coolest thing about being in this industry is I think it happens even more than it typically would. Let's talk about your brand new single. Yes, no one like you. Oh, I'm so excited about this one. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's a great song. I, thank you, thank you. Well, um, the the cool thing about this one is that um, the people I wrote it with, um, Lalo, for for one, he co-produced the track with me, and um, I've known Lalo for years um, through mutual friend Sammy Ariaga in town that um, I go way back with. Like we were. YouTube friends before I even started coming out to, to Nashville. So it's funny. I didn't even know that things. was, I didn't know that was a thing. It, it's a thing. It's a thing. Okay. Um, but, but so I've, I've always wanted to write with Lalo and it, it's just, it needs to be right place, right time, things falling into place. That's the best thing about this town. Um, and I got in touch with a friend and he kind of booked me this ride. And the other name on it was Thomas Archer, who of course wrote hurricane for Luke Holmes mm-hmm. and you broke up with me for Walker Hayes. So I was extremely excited, but at the same time, also very nervous because how it works in this town is you kind of have like your one opportunity to prove yourself. And if you mess up, you mess up and you're never working with those people again. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, And I I shouldn't say that. I I say that lightly, but like Mm -hmm. it is, you know, just like you meet anyone, you don't. First impression, right? 
it, it's totally first impression and you just want to make sure it's the best one. And people know that you'll, you'll grow from experiences and all that too. But it's like, you, you got to click with someone. That's the beauty of songwriting is you've got to be a good match and that's how you get great songs. So um, I was very nervous with that said, and I knew that that was my one right of the month more than anything that needed to have the right idea, the right something for me to bring into the room. So I didn't look like a complete idiot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I worked that whole entire week leading up to it, just trying to write down titles. I would, I'm really big into like, I've learned my way of writing and it's that I'll turn on my phone, I'll press record Mm -hmm. and I'll just start playing chords on the guitar and start singing melodies and matching words and what words should sound like over top of that melody. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did a lot of that and the morning of, it was a four o'clock, right? Which is very unusual. It's usually 11 o'clock in Nashville. Okay. Um, but it was an afternoon four o'clock. So I had all morning to work on something Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, now now we're down to the final, final, final hours. It's got to be good. And um, I turned on the voice memo, and the first thing I started playing were these chords. I sang through the whole entire melody, of the verse, um, the verse chorus, and sang through that entire chorus just about how it is right now. And I was like, "Yeah, I think this is the one." And then it's like your heart's beating, and you walk into the room, and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna play this." I don't think it's great, but like maybe it could be something, you know, mm-hmm. that that whole, you know, I'm going to play it down a little and maybe they'll think it's cooler than <laughs> than maybe they actually think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thomas loved it. And he was like, that's a song. Let's write it. And I'm sure as you've heard a lot, like writing for the first time with people usually isn't always your best. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did feel something special about it. And we decided it had to be the next song off of what's going to be the new album. So that's how it came to be. And tell me the little story. Tell me the story behind the song. Like where, where are you're drawing it? Where are you drawing from on this? Oh my goodness! I feel like it's it's tough because you do, of course, especially with the first right, you do try and pull in um, personal references with things. But mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I've just grown up around so many great relationships and people that are just so in love and and so caring that it's like you just you you find the words in the in the moments when you need to mm-hmm. and it's done very, and it's doing very well for you the new album is coming out this year yes it is i can't wait any longer <laughs> <laughs> do we have a do we have a release date nothing specific and i i'm always very careful now to say you know spring or summer or this because i have fans now that are at the end of last year i said that there would be some new music the beginning or, or the end of the year. And this was just before I had released No One Like You. And they mm-hmm. were like, Allie said she was going to release music. There's no music, this, this. <laughs> so I'm very cautious now right. about what I say. All I know is that it's coming soon, and I'm very excited. And I personally can't wait any longer. I think that's the worst part as a creative is that you can sit on songs for you know long periods of time without sharing them, and you get really excited about them. And then by the time you're releasing them, you're obviously still excited about them, but that initial excitement about things is so cool to share with with the fans. Let's talk about your fans and the connection that you have with them. Social media obviously is a big part of being an artist or as you say as a creative these days. What's that like for you? It's unbelievable. I found people around the world where, you know, beforehand it wasn't that accessible. Because of technology, you're just able to meet people so quickly and make fans so quickly and there's people now that, you know, 
upload lyric videos for me that hand draw like my Instagram posts and turn them into these beautiful masterpieces. Mm-hmm. And, and never mind, I, I have fans that like will see, you know, people post when I play writer's rounds here in Nashville, uh, some of the new songs, and then they come to Nashville to see shows and they already know the lyrics to songs that are not out yet, which blows my mind. Um, technology has made, you know, creating fans and interacting with fans so much easier. And I think that's such a huge part of, of making music because, I mean, I started making music because of what music did for me when I listened to it. So it's very cool that I get to go one step further and, and kind of share that with other people too. Who's on your playlist right now? Ooh, there's a lot of Casey Musgraves, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's, ama- she's amazing and, and in Canada doesn't get the, you know, get the plays that she does in the U.S., Right. Well, and I think the thing is that um, Casey, especially in her first days, of course, when you come out as an artist, you kind of try and do um, to fit the commercial mm-hmm. um, situation, what's kind of going on right now. And Casey and her whole entire production team and writing team, just especially with this last record, made something so artistic and so beautiful. And whether that truly fits country or not i think it's so cool that you can turn on a record and feel something Mm -hmm. um that's such a huge part of of music and i think especially country music you know that's still one of the last genres that you can listen to lyrics and they make you feel things Mm -hmm. and um that's a beautiful thing with now of course country music turning into a bunch of different genres is now you also get to listen to something that's super interesting Mm -hmm. but still have the heart of country music what's the one song that really touched you Mm, Space Cowboy, I think, is one of the most beautifully written songs that I didn't expect. Um, I'm a sucker for songs that have um, a title that you think you know where it's going and either like a verse that is, you know, beautiful and it feels like you're in love and it feels like things are good. But you get to the chorus and there's like this heartbreak moment where you can actually feel like the lyrics breaking your heart slowly. Mm -hmm. Those are the songs I love writing, too. And usually... Like that's not a typical song that makes it anymore, right? Because we're we're slowly losing those album cuts, mm-hmm. and it's turning into more single bass. Mm-hmm. And and I hope, you know, five years from now we can still say that there's room for at least like an album cut or two, because I think those are always some of like the best songs. Oh, you find you find some gems in the album cuts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, those exactly. are um, back in the day. You would go. You know, they would put the first single, usually the beginning, and then, you know, you would maybe find, if you were a dedicated fan, you would go through the entire album uh, totally. and you would find those those gems. I mean, think about the, you know, the days of the 45s, the B-side was always that one. They're like, ah, we'll see what happens. But sometimes it turned out right. to be some of the best songs. Totally. Well, and the way that I've really made this record and now looked at music since, you know, coming up to Nashville and making music more out here is that, you know, you're still at the end of the day also as an artist creating for a live show. Mm-hmm. And with those album songs, you have moments where like in my head, it's like, OK, well, we're going to do an acoustic breakdown of this and it's just going to be the piano and it's going to go just, you know, super bare bones so you can enjoy the song. And um, then you still have, of course, your album cut up tempos, which are just going to get the crowd going and being able to sing along. It's just a different world of what you're able to create now as well when it comes to live shows. So it's I think it's crucial to have all of those different songs to make a really interesting show that makes it great for the fans. When you're standing on stage at the festivals, do you ever stop and take the moment and go, man, I started playing piano way back when, and look what I'm doing now? Yeah, there's been a couple of those moments for sure. And unfortunately, I think the worst of it is that 
sometimes that you you don't get a chance to think about that until you step off stage. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to remind myself more and more in those moments to at least, you know, take a second and, and take it all in. Who do you like to look at on stage and, and kind of emulate from? Ooh, that's tough. I've seen a lot of great shows over the past years. Um, of course, Taylor Swift has had some unbelievable shows. Um, I also go into like other genres where I think like there was a the Rihanna anti anti tour was like one of the greatest visually beautiful tours I think I've ever seen. Right. Um, and of course, me growing up with um, dance background and and having having costumes and and sets and like just very intricate things that make you look at a show completely differently. Never mind lighting. Have you ever seen an artist play a show without lighting? Because lighting makes a huge difference in how you feel in certain points in a show. Well, you know, it's um, interesting you say that because uh, I watched Eric Church uh, a couple years ago and his show, although a very powerful show, was yes. not very lit. It was not a lit show. It was a couple of spotlights on him and a little yeah. on his band, and that was it, but it was still a powerful show. But you totally make a great point there. When you go to a, a live show, the lights bring the mood. Yes. Right? Well, and there's so many cool things. I think about the people that I've met um, in traveling the world and all that, and now a good friend of mine who lives in Nashville is part of the company that's actually based out of Canada that does – um, the wristbands, the light-up wristbands. Okay. So like the Taylor Swift, yeah. uh, Shawn Mendes, Ariana, all of them are now using these wristbands that interact with kind of a router situation in the middle that creates graphics now across the audience, which I think is so cool. Oh, like, I haven't seen that. That's cool. Us, it's unbelievable that you can now create a screen pretty much with your audience and it creates a whole new visual effect for everything. Obviously, you need to be at a certain level to be able to do things like that, but I think those are... You know, little things like that are the things to strive towards and and be able to bring to 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 your fans. What is the show that you want to see in 2020? Celine Dion. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to see that show so bad. Um, I think Celine's just absolutely incredible. Um, And once again, what a performer. Oh, yeah. Um, I have ties to. Um, some family friends who who danced with Celine way way back in the day and said like she is the most incredible person and I think just the energy that she brings and um, of course me being 510 as well I love fashion and in those sides of things too and Celine just takes everything to a whole new level mm-hmm. and um, I think I think that's going to be a show that I will love to go to and sing every single word of every single song oh because we, we all know them right <laughs> Yes, exactly. Your favorite, Whether you your, want to admit it or not. <laughs> your favorite Celine song? Ooh, um, I mean, My Heart Will Go On is a classic. Um, Alive is also another one that I love. If Allie's going out for snacks, what's she picking up at 7-Eleven? All dressed chips. And you know what? They have them in Nashville now, and oh. they have a Canadian flag on them. And oh, it's really? The most incredible thing. Yeah. Um, I went to Target the other day just to kind of look for things, and I'm always disappointed because... Um, my friends will ask me to bring back Aldris chips and mm-hmm. Kit Kats because Kit Kats also are not the same out here. I oh, need I know. to make sure everyone knows that because we are so lucky in Canada to have some of the best snacks. Um, but yeah, I walked down the chip aisle and I actually posted on my Instagram that I couldn't believe that I had found these chips. And it's also like a detriment to my health at this point because I, I'm able to get them. <laughs> you know, it's sad that uh, we have to send Smarties and Hawking's Cheesies down <laughs> to uh, our friends and family down in the States who are originally Canadian. 
Exactly. You and know. you know what? Those are all the best snacks. Yeah, so the U.S. may have a, Canadian. <laughs> they may have a lot there in the U.S., but we still have better snacks. We do, for sure. What's the, uh, the next steps for you in uh, 2020? Where are we going to see you? Where are we going to find you? Yeah, I'm, I mean, currently, like I said, I'm in Nashville right now. I'm just trying to finish off this record so that we can start getting across Canada with some live dates. So uh, stay tuned to the socials, and I hope to be out your way real soon. Excellent. Where do we find you on social media? It's got to be Allie, G-O-T-T-A-B-E-A-L-E-E. You can find me just about anywhere. Allie, thanks for spending some time with us on Inside Today's Country and all the best with the new single. Thank you so much. We'll chat soon. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.